for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Hebrews 8, verse 12. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. This podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, The Wells, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Trinity Lutheran, a Wells congregation in Nina, Wisconsin. This is episode 100. We'll begin this episode with a reading shared by the elders at St. Mark's Lutheran in Bemidji. Bible Truths. Bible Truths. Question number three. What is true repentance? True repentance is when a person recognizes that he or she has sinned against God, is sorry for his or her sin, and turns to God for full and free forgiveness in Christ with the help of God the Holy Spirit. Being sorry about a sin is often very difficult for sinners since they often do not believe some of their sins are as harmful as others. They have rated their sins on a scale from not that bad to worse. For example, they may think that murder is worse than swearing or lying. Thereby, they conclude that they are not bad people based on their own or secular world's opinion. But God says otherwise. All sins are viewed the same in his sight. Any sin earns eternal death, regardless of what it is. Our lives as Christians are lives of continual repentance, not just for the sins we readily recognize. Sexual immorality, homosexuality, gossiping, drunkenness, greediness, selfishness, among others, are all the same in God's eyes. If a person says they are sorry, but continues to sin, it indicates that they are not truly sorry, have a weak faith, and prefer to continue in their not-so-bad sins, rather than to change their ways. Adam and Eve sinned by just eating fruit they weren't supposed to eat. This sin, though we may think it was not a bad sin, earned them, and us, eternal death. As with all sin, it began in their hearts, and they did not follow God's will. If we continue to justify our sins and remain unrepentant, our sins will cause us to become unbelievers and finally lead us to eternal damnation. In grasping this truth that all sins are equal in God's eyes, that each and every sin has earned us eternal death, that God has forgiven all of our sins through Jesus, God himself changes our hearts and minds to continually be sorry for our sins and trust in him for complete forgiveness. Therefore, it is God who gives us the strength through faith in him to quit sinning and obey his will instead of ours. What joy and peace Christians have, knowing that as we repent of all our sins day after day and cling in trust to Jesus for the forgiveness of them all, Jesus welcomes us as his dearly loved children and remembers our sins no more. God's word on true repentance from the NIV, Hebrews 8 verse 12, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Luke 13 verse 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Acts chapter 3 verse 19, Repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9-11 to Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. That is what some of you are. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. James chapter 2 verse 10 For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. Romans chapter 3 verse 12 verse 19 and 20 All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of our sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8-10 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Proverbs 28, verse 13 Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The following song is shared from Martin Luther College, the Ministry Training College of the Wells.
We turn next to God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 33, verses uh, 19 and following to the end of the chapter. Let's start with 19 to 22. Or someone may be chastened on a bed of pain with constant distress in their bones, so that their body finds food repulsive and their soul loathes the choicest meal. Their flesh wastes away to nothing, and their bones once hidden now stick out. They draw near to the pit and their life to the messengers of death. Now Elihu has already mentioned one way God communicates with people through dreams. Another is through chastening. If you're suffering, Elihu says, then perhaps God is saying something to you. That could, be some, that could well be something like repent. This is actually the point that Job's other friends tried to make for the first three-fourths of the book. Elihu doesn't downplay any of Job's symptoms. In some ways, he is more sympathetic than Eliphaz and Bildad. A coiled serpent would have been more sympathetic than Zophar. But suffering through chastening from God might not only be to produce repentance, it might also be given to an already repentant person simply to draw that person closer to God, to focus our attention more firmly on our one true helper. So God's chastening, whether for repentance or to draw us closer, always gives God glory. Verse 23. Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, one out of a thousand, sent to tell them how to be upright, well, I'm not going to finish the sentence yet. The messenger of verse 23 is in Hebrew the melitz, a word that can simply mean a person who interprets a foreign language, like in the court of Joseph in Genesis 42. But more often it means envoy or spokesman, like the envoys in Second Chronicles 32 and the spokesman in Isaiah 43. Now here either mediator or messenger serves. Messenger, of course, is also the root meaning of the word angel, and that's why it gets translated angel here. Let's finish the sentence. So, if there's an angel, and he is gracious to that person and says to God, spare them from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom for them. Let their flesh renewed be, be renewed like a child. Let them be restored as in the days of their youth. Then that person can pray to God and find favor, favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. And they will go to others and say, I have sinned, I have perverted what is right, but I did not get what I deserved. God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. Sometimes in Scripture, a figure who appears and speaks is, uh, to people is called the angel of the Lord, which can mean any of God's angel messengers sent from the Lord, such as the one who appeared to Joseph in Matthew 1. Or it can be a messenger who actually is the Lord. We can only tell the difference when the Bible describes the messenger as God. Otherwise, there is no way of knowing from the text. The use of the article the is not a clue, although it's sometimes mistaken for one. The only mediator who fits this description is God himself, and in particular, the second person of the Holy Trinity, our Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who has found a ransom for us, and that ransom was his own human life. Through Jesus, our flesh will be restored like that of a child. Remember Job's words about this in chapter 19. Only through Jesus can we pray to God and find favor with him. Only through Jesus will we see God's face and shout for joy. Only through Jesus will we be restored to full well-being. Now, maybe Elihu didn't fully understand what he was saying here, 
But in the light of the rest of Scripture, we can say that he was absolutely right. Not everyone who spoke prophetically understood fully what he was saying. Caiaphas was given these words to say about Jesus, although he himself didn't have faith in Jesus, it is better that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. That's in John 11. It's through Jesus that all who trust in Jesus will enjoy the light of life. Verses 29 and 30. God does all these things to a person, twice, even three times, to turn them back from the pit, that the light of life may shine on them. Once again, Elihu returns to the idea of chastening, but the end result is the same as the work of the mediator on our behalf. When we repent of our sins, true repentance also means turning to Jesus alone for forgiveness and rescue. That trust in Jesus is faith, and whether our faith is strong or weak, we are saved through it because the one we trust in is not just strong, but almighty. We'll finish the chapter here. Pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak up, for I want to vindicate you. But if not, then listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. This is the high point of Elihu's wisdom. It would have been a good place to stop talking, but he will chatter on for a couple more chapters. Nevertheless, we can appreciate what he has said to Job and to us. In Job's time, God spoke to or on behalf of his people, sometimes through dreams, sometimes through chastening. But the best communication from God is through his great messenger, his son, Jesus Christ, our mediator, who brought to us the message of peace and forgiveness. He gave us the gift of eternal life. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. And we'll finish this episode with a song shared by Stephen Bautista, What If, from his album, A Childlike Faith. Worth 
of a lesson learned, but haunted by moments of weakness and the shadows of regret that try to second guess. Afraid of being caught off guard with another choice that seems way too hard. Every moment waiting down that road What if you could take Every step in life with no mistakes If all your questions were left behind And all the answers were in plain sight Once again, you've been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast. This was our 100th episode. And at this time, we'd like to take another moment to thank all those who allowed us to feature their devotional segments and to also feature their music. Please visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. There you can find links to all the artists featured on this podcast. This episode was first shared in April of 2015. We encourage you to visit a Wells Ministry location nearest you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us.